to the Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 156 of the show tonight. This is your host, Dave Swillam. This is where we get to work, making work a passion, living life full time. If you're new to the podcast, this is where we interview artists, entrepreneurs, creatives, people living alternative lives, doing the things that they want to do instead of the things that we're told to do, or sometimes we feel like we have to do, just doing what they want to do out there and sharing that with you to help you keep up with what you're doing or maybe start doing something that you've always wanted to do. So on this episode right here, another interview coming at you, another one coming locally. I moved to Portland area probably a year and change ago now, a year and a half. And I swear by the time I'm old and gray, I will have interviewed every awesome creative in this city, but maybe there's just going to be an indefinite amount of people popping up here. (laughs) There's so many cool people here. Uh, Oftentimes it's such a mix of like people get connected through as like a friend or people out there listening, recommend people, or in this instance, someone that I've had the pleasure of actually hiring to work on some things to support me. Sometimes I'm, I'm supporting someone else and do an interview. So Really happy to to have on Will Wohler from Wohler & Co. He is a Portland, Maine-based portrait photographer, has a great, amazing eye for branding, which we'll definitely talk about right there because for those out there that have been listening to the podcast, you probably know I'm, I'm splitting my audio brand a little bit because after three years plus of podcasting, I'm still doing rock, pop, and rap and all these gritty alternative genres where I'm mixing and producing and music. But I also now have this new crew of people that are entrepreneurs and businesses and brands that want to work with me on podcasts and audiobooks and voiceover and stuff. And they're very different crews of people. And so to do that, I really needed to split the brand apart into two different sections. And that's what I worked on with this gentleman right here who helped me take some shots to try to split my brand a little bit. So welcome, Will. Even though we're 20 minutes apart, we're still virtual, but but that's okay. (laughs) That's how I roll. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. Get to chat with you again. We seem to have really good conversations. We talked a lot during our session (laughs) and subsequent meetings before and after it about branding and business. And I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm a chatty Kathy anyway. And then when someone like responds with really inquisitive, great information, then it's just not a good equation for me getting anywhere on time (laughs) because I'll just hang out, you know? So (laughs) I feel like our conversations, we already made this podcast just by having conversations on creative business. And now it's like, I just felt the need (laughs) to definitely drag you out of the, the conversations and bring it on here, man. Yeah. Happy to. I'm excited. So for people who might not know your business specifically, and, and, and for those out there, we'll definitely get into some other things that Will is doing too. He, he does a, a lot of things like a lot of cool people on the show tend to do. But for Will, for people out there that don't know Wohler & Co., they don't know what you're up to. Do you want to just kind of bring us up to date with like, who are you? What are these brands that you have going on? And kind of like, how did we get to where we're at right now. Like I know you're full time and you own this business and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. How did this happen and what do you what do you have going on out there? 
Sure. Uh, loaded question. Ongoing, yeah, loaded question. Still ongoing journey for sure. So I'm a portrait headshot branding photographer in the Portland, Maine area. I just moved into my first studio a year ago in April. April 1st is when we moved in. So it's kind of exciting with that. Wow. So that's part of the journey, part of the progress. And so I've been in business and doing the portraits and stuff like that. No, no weddings. I don't advertise that I do weddings because it's just not, I figured out it was not my thing. I figured that out early on and wanted to do just do the, the portrait side of things. So I've, I've been in business about six years and kind of went through all of the iterations that you see for portrait photographers with seniors in the fields and at the beach and stuff like that. And while it was fun, it was great. And people, I enjoyed working with people. I really found my calling in a studio where I, it's one-on-one a little bit more. You don't have the sun to worry about. You don't have weather to worry about. Things can be a little bit more creative and you just, you get more interaction with, with clients. And like you said, we talked a lot during our session and that, and that's the part I love about being a portrait photographer is that connection, especially because I feel like everybody is an artist of their passions and purpose and getting people into that side of themselves. It's, it's some, it's a side of ourselves that only comes out when we're like living our art, like, like you, you're, you live it all the time. You have these podcasts, you're, yeah. when you're doing something, you, there's, an, it's a different side of you. And I feel like that's who, that's who I really connect with and who I really want to show the world and show you really as the person who is that like that's a it's a, the truest version of yourself and the world needs that like that's like you, it's part of who you are and that's who you need to be putting out there more often and that's what i want to draw out of people and that's what i want to show through portraits and i feel i i do that better in a studio so having mm. the studio space has been amazing where it's i curated energy and just being a, a space for people to come and be themselves and let that artists come through, whether it's, and it, everybody has their own art. I feel like that's their, that's their thing. It could be a hobby. It could be, be podcasting like this. It could be painting. It could be financial planning, even like whatever you're really, you, it fills you up. You, you're, there's a sense then there's like a fire that lights you up and you lose track of time and you can just yeah, yeah. do it just because whenever, and that's your art and finding ways to do that creatively and always coming back to it. I feel like that's our art and that side of you that comes alive when you're living that art, that's who I want to capture. And I'm really, I'm still, still learning and still growing with this process, but that's more and more where I want to be headed with that, I guess, in that niche of portrait photography, if you will. Um, And branding really fits with that because a lot of people now, uh, especially with the two years that we've had with the pandemic and everything, people are diving into those passions and making businesses and extra income out of those things and really tapping into that. And I I love that. So that's kind of where I'm at with this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So many things in there. Like, first of all, I love that you (laughs) felt like where you wanted to niche to. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it's so rewarding when you get to niche to what you do best or what you enjoy best, where like, Mm -hmm. I think that niching down a is really difficult. And it's like, you have to kind of feel out doing things in the industry before you do that. But then it's like, uh, it's funny the way that you're talking about how you went from these settings where you were out and about and having more non-controllables and like, you weren't feeling as much of that direct connection that you might feel in studio. And it's 
funny to see the parallel with how I feel where like I used to do live sound and studio. I also felt that where I was like, I need to be in a more controlled space and I want more of a one-on-one interaction. That's why I'm like all studio now. And all I do is recording and work, working with people. I can still do it online, but it's like indirect with that instead of like trying to put on a show. It's like probably the same thing where like when you're taking pictures of people out and about, whatever it is, the thing is happening right now. And mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's happening, you know, a session when I'm recording someone that's happening. And when you're taking pictures of someone in studio, it's happening. But it's like when a live show goes, it's like that thing's going. You're not stopping that. And like, there's so much commotion of how do I make this work? But it's like, yep. not about like that connection. It's just about how do I make this machine work? And some people like that. Do you see that as well when you're talking about like being out and about and having that live event that you're trying to capture? Are you, is that also kind of the same vibe where it's like a train going and you're not, it's more about like the <laughs> operations of it than it is about like the one-on-one creative. How do I capture this like lightning in a bottle? Yeah. Oh, I love how you described that whole scenario because that's totally <laughs> true. Like the the runaway train, <laughs> like it's going. Um, you got to yeah, run. It's it. going. And both both of us being musicians, I I went to school for music, percussionist. So I I know totally represent. know what it's like once, once you start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I see Eric. Eric's in the chat there. He's a percussionist too. Yeah. It's totally once you start, you can't stop. Like I mean, you can, but it's kind of frowned upon, but, but yeah, like when you're outside, there's so many other distractions. Like if there's people around like that extra, like, Oh God, what are they going to think? Like, or are they watching me? Like people are going to see me when I'm in the studio, like all that's gone. And I find clients feel that way too. Like, it's just me and you, like, I got you. Like that's, that's my whole ultimate goal is like, I'll guide you through everything. Don't worry. And having that space that's enclosed and without any distractions like the wind or a dog running by or people watching it's like yeah you you have more control and you can actually bring out for me anyways bring out what you're looking to do bring out that actual person yeah that you're trying to capture and show and i'm probably true for you too with audio like yeah finding those things those little things like oh i need to bring that up a little bit more, bring that out, that little, that counter melody or something like that a little bit more instead of, instead of on the fly when that could be gone in a split second, but you can actually tweak and do more with the audio when you're in the studio and you're in that zone. That's, that's another thing. It's like creating that zone, that space Mm. for you to create. I found has been hugely immense. It's hugely beneficial for me just having that box. I'm in the studio. That's my box. Like I like having the box and then I can go out of the box, (laughs) but I need the box first. (laughs) Yes. I I feel that. And that's literally why there's so many of my friends that are very successful bedroom producers right now that just work out of the bedroom and that's fine. They still make it like a separate space in the house. Like it's like that's the (laughs) thing, right? Oh yeah. But like, I feel like I need a separate space entirely so that like when Mm -hmm. I enter that building, I'm the thing. And when I exit that building, I'm a different thing and they can be the same human being, but like, I need a way to like shut that off better. And I think that it works better. Like what I've rented studios for like when I'm doing drum tracking and things like that, I always do better in the session with my head when I like turn it on and off like that, where like, if I can just kind of like walk back and forth between the house, it just doesn't work as good for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get yeah, that. Well, and I, I, I like going to work. Like it's going, I can frame my reshift my mentality if I need to getting into the studio. And then once I walk in, like you said, yep, I'm here. Time to work. Time to be in my space, be in my box. (laughs) Yeah. 
And I can relate to what you were saying with clients in terms of like a distraction for like wind or dog walking, you were saying with them getting back out of their zone where like, Mm -hmm. if I go see someone play live or they're writing in like a group or something like that, people under a microphone like this, like, you know, cause you're talking on right now, like this shows exactly what's happening right now. It's like a laser. Mm-hmm. You hear your voice in a way that doesn't sound the same way when you're singing in the car. Yep. doesn't sound the same way when you're singing out about you do that all of a sudden it's a laser and people mm-hmm. get so self-conscious that it's mm-hmm. like, just like what you're saying. It's like, yo, it's me and you, just me and you. No one else can see what you're doing here. No one else can see 15, 20, 30, 50 takes that you're doing. Doesn't matter. I'm not judging you. We're cool. I do this all day long. I see people every day doing stuff. I make shitty takes. I record really (laughs) shitty tracks all the time. You know, it's all good. And Mm -hmm. like creating that space, like what, what are some things that have worked for you over time to like make people feel comfortable in a session like that, or someone who might be extra timid or like extra self-conscious, how do you work to make that space safe for them or pull that out of them when you're in that moment? Cause I, like, I know our session, it's like, you only have so many hours. I feel like it's the same with audio. It's like, you only have so many hours to learn each individual person and try to get them outside of that to be whatever it is that they're trying to represent. That's mm-hmm. difficult. It's really difficult. That's a psychological piece of someone's personality that has nothing to do with all the training that we do and learning that we do as creatives to be good at our craft. That's a, a way that we are as a person to be able to interact in that way and pull that in a session that's really hard to accomplish. Yeah, I, I totally think it comes down to your entire process, your entire experience for your clients. Admittedly, I hate being in front of the camera. I know that. <laughs> and most people, not majority of people, unless you're a professional model, don't like having their picture taken. It's just a fact because they've had yeah. either bad experiences or they don't like the way they look, which is very normal. But I think it comes down to trust. And part of my experience with my clients starts way before the camera even comes out. It's the back and forth through email, answering questions. I have a consultation either in person or over the, or via video in person or over the phone before the session. And we plan out the session together in terms of wardrobe, backdrop, backdrops, colors, that sort of thing. And for branding purposes, especially, like that's hugely important because every brand is different and that needs to be, can be reflected in the images especially if it's a personal brand, like a coach or a speaker or even a musician, if they're building out their website, a solo website for themselves. Yeah. It's, it's very important to trust who you're working with. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is starting way before the camera comes up where, and then just being able to answer questions, guide them through everything. And even I even do sometimes clients who I know they, I can tell they're apprehensive. I'll go through exercises at the consultation, helping them with posing and expression. I mean, with you, when we had our session together, I was like, oh, turn this way just a little bit, getting you and having you get into a pose. And that's another thing that some photographers do is that they'll, they'll micromanage every little joint and things like that. And that can help some people. And I have found some clients like that. And every person's different. Yeah. So just under, having that conversation before the shoot, you get to know each other. I get to know what they're, where they're apprehensive or something they're self-conscious about that we can actually decentuate through posing or expressions or something like that. So it's just getting to know them and allowing them to trust you and you trusting them and to tell you and guide you through who they are. Cause that's really, it's a collaboration 
once the camera comes up, especially to find who that person is. And that's since that's the ultimate goal is really tapping into that. Their artist. Yeah. Yeah. They need to be comfortable and need to trust who you're working with. So that's, that's the biggest thing. But as far as like little tips and tricks, I do, I have like close your eyes, little exercises, count to three, open your eyes, give a little smile and guide them through expressions and things like that. So I have, I have things that I use during the session with when the camera's out, but it comes down to beforehand getting to know the person you're working with. And that can go for any sort of service industry. If you're a solo entrepreneur who has some sort of offering for services and that sort of thing, coaching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. It's, I like that you put that out there to say that every person's different because like, that's mm-hmm. obviously a well-known fact from people, but you have to, you have to say it every time mm-hmm. for each instance, because every person is different when you're approaching them with this, where like me, I'm pretty outgoing and I'm pretty like, I, I have done other photo sessions and like that. I still get nervous. I was still nervous at our mm-hmm. session. I was still like, damn, I hope that I like do the right things to represent this. <laughs> but like, I'm very different than like my wife, you know what I mean? She's outgoing, but like in a very different way. And so she would be a total different person in that shoot. Every person's going to be different from what they've experienced mm-hmm. for how they're going to react. So you kind of have to feel it out. And I think totally. that like, you know, see your space is beautiful. I've said that to you, you. but like, (laughs) I remember the other day I was talking to my acoustic architect who's planning out my barn build studio. And he was saying that the number one thing that he says to people when they're planning a studio, you know, my design, you know, the acoustics, my design, the location are like, they say all of these things that they're like, what's the most important thing. And he said, the first thing that he talks about is HVAC. Right. And Mm -hmm. at first you go like, why? You know what I mean? Why is that? The reason being is because so many studios are planned very poorly for the heating and cooling. So like Mm. past like the actual session, like there's a lot of noise that comes from the systems that aren't the right thing for the space. Right. So if you're Mm. recording four, (laughs) eight, 10, 15 hour sessions, like long sessions, you have multiple people, maybe you have a full band or even more, right. Mm. It gets super hot or it gets super cool. And for people to perform, they can't be sitting there shivering or sweating bullets. And it's mm-hmm. so important to be able to run the system while the session's happening. But no one thinks about that shit because they're so on gear and they're so on acoustics and all this stuff that it's like that mm-hmm. is one of those things like psychologically, like how do I make it so that these people just feel comfortable in my place mm-hmm. and that they can be themselves? Well, that's just one simple thing in thinking like that. But you're talking about just on the individual level of like how each person interacts with the room and everything like that. I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's awesome to watch people think through that process. It's definitely a difficult thing is being able to make it so that people are comfortable all the time with so many different types of people who have different pasts, you know, different experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it also gives me a chance to like see how they move their body language and hmm. maybe, maybe they they put their hand up a certain way or something like that. Like, I think I'll subconsciously make note of that. And then when I I'll see it in like a session, I'll be like, oh, stop, don't move. That looks great. <laughs> and it's just one of those things that you, you just get to know that person like yeah. without even speaking. It's just that connection that you, you get. And that for me is, is why I love the portrait side of things, especially in the studio is that connection with someone. We, we all crave that conne- connection with people. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it, that's the best part for me for what I, with what I do. <laughs> do you find that just like sparked an interesting thought for me where because you're talking about posing people and, and the way that people would 
be shaped like that. And you just talked about that note of picking up on people. Do you find that your reading of like body language is like on point, even when you're out in public and stuff, are you able to like read body language, like hardcore, you know, from yes. this job <laughs> and, ex- and expression too. Like expressions are a funny thing. Just a slight little corner of your mouth raise can change your entire expression. Yeah. And that's another thing that staring at people's faces all the time and guiding them through expressions is, is finding that little something, that little spark or to kind of convey the message that you want or they, they want, if they're, especially for their brand, they want to be warm and welcoming. So they're going to lean forward and have a little, little sparkle in their eyes, but maybe not a full smile because they don't like their toothy smile. It's just yeah, that engaged yeah. look. So you have to kind of find that with everyone. And like I said before, everyone is different. And then just getting to know that person beforehand you see those little subtleties with everybody's mannerisms and expressions. And I see it all the time. And I don't know if, if I'm just a little bit more intuitive with those things, with body language and expressions and just overall someone's energy. Yeah. Which totally ha- probably helps <laughs> being a portrait photographer. But yeah, it's seeing out people out and about. I can tell when someone's antsy or just kind of unsettled for some reason. And I don't know why. It's just like, oh, you seem off. Don't know why, but I, yeah, it's it's interesting to to pick up on that, and that's why I kind of love working in coffee shops too. <laughs> I can just kind of just people watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Very good people watching inside a coffee shop or a bar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've done sales for so long that I feel like I'm very good at immediately picking up on empath empathizing with people and also mm-hmm. like reading people, and it's been like so it's been such an, a good tool for me just in life to be able to understand, yeah. to read the room, like straight up, like yeah. that expression of like understanding, like what's going on. Cause I feel like there's many friends that I have that I love to death, but they just don't pick up on street smarts. Like they just don't pick up mm. on like what's going on in the room or whatever. And you're like, dude, these people hate us. And you're like, what are you talking about? They said they love us. So like these people absolutely fucking <laughs> hate us, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and you just get a vibe for like what's happening better when you do totally. things where you're just every day interacting and studying people the way that they're interacting with you. So it's such a useful skill any anywhere in life. And it's valuable because you're you're empathizing. You're connect that's part of connecting with someone is empathizing, whether you even talk with them or not, just yeah. that exchange of energy. It's the connection that we want. Yeah. It's a valuable skill. So I want to talk on just because we ran through this session and people <laughs> sorry about our uh, Portland PD right here. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) I want to talk about branding for businesses because I felt like, I think I told you this when you sent me like that survey and we'll maybe even talk about some of your systems. I definitely want to like bring up too, because there's a lot of things I want to share on you, (laughs) but for people out there, like Will has a very meticulous onboarding process (laughs) in, in working for creating your brand or like understanding it. Cause he really wants to capture and understand it. That was very impressed with just as some kudos to you again, man. But when I went through the survey, he's so hyper-focused on like, how do I create a brand? And I love that because everything that I care about when I'm doing audio for brands and businesses and entrepreneurs is is brand. Same thing, honestly, with musicians. If you're like a, a metal person or an emo or country mm-hmm. or whatever, it's like there's a vibe and we have to hit it. And so yeah. it's all brand. I would love to hear like, you know, what are some tips that you might have for people out there like me when I was initially getting in touch with you, creatives, entrepreneurs, people who are looking at making their first website or their social profile or something, what are some things that they should be thinking about to start funneling those ideas of like, 
creating an impactful brand. Cause I think that you mm-hmm. did that so well with that survey <laughs> that you did. It like laser points you. There's like, you, you think that you have it and you're like, yeah, we should be asking these questions. And Will has like second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, like layer into that. You're like, oh my God, I don't know who I am anymore then. I don't even know. I don't know if I am, you know, it's so Well, the whole point so is granular. to find, figure out who you are. Like that's, yeah. that's the first step, honestly, is especially for the musician, the artist, uh, solo entrepreneur, if you have services of any kind and it's just you and your brand and your business is you. Like you need to know who you are first and your core values because you are your brand. That comes before the logos, that comes before the colors, the website, everything. Because all of your core values and who you are can be translated into those other things. Sure. And the biggest thing is, what do you stand for? Like, what do you want your business to stand for? Because your business is an extension of you. It doesn't have to be a complete clone of you. Like, you can have some things that you only keep personal, which is totally fine and recommended. (laughs) You don't need to put everything out on the internet as your business or as you. But knowing what you stand for and what you want your clients to get out of your business from or just from working with you will influence everything from your colors to your logos, to the imagery, especially for your website and that sort of thing. So doing that work first is hugely important. And with any of the clients that I've worked with, as you saw in that questionnaire, that survey, there's a lot of questions about that. Like, what do you promise your clients? What what is the promise you make for your clients? And what do you stand for? What is your mission statement with your business? And yeah, those are kind of like key words, I guess. I can't think of the actual word, but like trending words. Like, But it's important to know that and to have that stuff figured out instead of just slapping a logo on it, which I did. Guilty. <laughs> Will Wolder Photography, it was a thing. It was just a logo and just photos, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do and what I wanted to share and what I wanted my business to stand for up until recently. And I'm still working on it. But knowing that, like, are you bold? Are you like really bright colors? Like, cause that can translate to your, obviously your images and branding. Do you want your clients to feel bold and empowered and and strength and performance and that sort of thing that can translate into everything else in, in terms of your brand and your business. And a lot of, a lot of businesses now are just starting on Instagram. Like that's their entire business. It's just totally. Instagram and an email address. They don't even yeah. have a website yet. And I think some stay but, that way straight up. Yeah. And clothing yeah, brands and like jewelry, like yeah, that in an Etsy shop or that in a Shopify with a, yeah. with a link, honestly, like, I, I'm sorry to break you really quick, but like I, I listened okay. to a podcast episode that was about how if you aren't crushing Instagram, so you're not like a daily user or something like that, then you have to at least shoot photos and like make it so that the top grid for some time mm-hmm. is like on point for your brand. Because like think of that as like the entrance to your website, especially if you have yep. that smart link. That's your website, like straight up. Yep. That's first entrance in. That's got to be legit as mine is all like TikTok videos and it looks like dog shit. <laughs> but, you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, like. Go ahead. I'm sorry to break you, but yeah, like no, Instagram, no, that, that's a, like that. That's your brand. A, yeah, it brings up a good point though, because if you even don't have a website, it can be just social media. It's still on brand, like that that term on brand. Like, what does that mean? Like, hmm. you're, there's there's a difference between brand and branding. Branding is your logo. It's your website. It's all the collateral, the assets associated with your your business. Your brand is how people feel when they work with you, or how do you want them to feel when they purchase your product or use you as a, for services, like that's, that's your brand. And if you need more introduction on how to figure this out, 
highly recommend Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. It's a book, podcast. He has a bunch of other like marketing made simple, business made simple, a bunch of other things. And that really got me into what do I want my business to be? Like, what is the story I want to share with clients or what do I want? I want to share my clients' stories, but how? Like, what, what is my niche? Like, niche yeah. and you, it helps you kind of narrow that, that down to that purpose of your business. And then you build on, build on from that. Like, are you bold? Like I said, like going back to the bold, bright, so you're going to have deep reds and bright yellows and maybe a, an electric blue, like, and big, thick fonts, bold fonts on your website. Like that can, that's it kind of translate that. If your brand and your branding don't match, don't align, it can sometimes be off-putting and people are like, wait, I don't understand what this is. Yeah. So knowing it, what it your brand is all about. It just makes you feel weird and you don't even know yeah. what it is. Like Exactly. Yep. There's a moment, it's like a pause moment. It's like when you're looking at the time, the amount of time someone spends on the website or like anything yeah. like that, right? There's a pause moment that the consumer goes through where if the brand and the branding aren't right, there's slight difference. There's this weird moment where you like, you don't know what it is. You don't mm-hmm. say anything. You just like leave the website or you just like straight yep. up like bail because you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know what it is. I just don't feel good right now. And it's because mm-hmm. these things aren't aligned. And that's like the worst because you might be the perfect person to work for with, with them or yep. you might be a great brand. And if those things aren't aligned and they just feel weird, then you've just killed the top of funnel or you've killed that first connection that you might make or conversation because they just feel weird. It just, there's no way to describe it. When the brand and the branding are not perfectly connected, you just feel weird. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that goes back to not knowing what the brand is about. And if you're a solopreneur, not knowing who you are as a person, because you're the brand, getting to know that stuff. And it comes down to even fonts too. Like I said, if you're a big, bold business, thick, bold fonts are going to work. Bright colors are going to work. But if it's very like swirly and frilly, but you're really like, bold with your messaging and how you talk. And if you're on video and, and images and stuff like that, it's kind of like, wait, wait a minute, this doesn't quite work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like, if say I'm hiring like an excavation company, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm sure that the person could be amazing at their business if they're like a frilly, magical type of person. But it's like the branding. I'm like, I'm just thinking about people like blowing up the earth and crushing the earth and stuff. It's like, I kind of want the branding to be really aggressive because like I want to be very like I'm going to break the earth and stuff and there's just something about that that's like there's there's you as a person there's also Mm -hmm. like the industry that you're in and all of it has Mm -hmm. something to try to portray and it's it's tricky navigating that definitely but then there's also if you want to excavate going at the excavation company (laughs) you could paint your your equipment bright colors and sparkles and put a unicorn horn on it and it would be totally on brand and you're still smashing things. Like that's it's true. And work. that would be, you still could so make it work. That would be awesome. amazing. And I would hire that immediately, <laughs> especially if the unicorn horn did some part of the excavation. I'd be yes. like, I'm sold. <laughs> we'll make that. We're going to make a yes. brand new vehicle. It's like an excavator with a giant unicorn horn. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that could work. It could totally work, but you have to make sure those things are aligned and you're pretty solid, even though you may progress and grow as a person and you yeah. can change a little bit. But knowing who your like fundamentals are for what you want your business to stand for is is vital first, and then everything comes after that. Yeah, and a couple of things that I just want to like pull right out of there would be if you're out there and you're a musician listening or a painter, 
or a photographer or whatever thing, even if you're not doing it as a creative business, like straight up, like I, all the time when I'm thinking about this for musicians, obviously, because of my work where it's like, it sounds so corporate but like creating a mission statement is a really great idea for you because it just helps you form like, what am I supposed to be doing here? How should this person be feeling when they're interacting with me? And what's the point of this? It's like, that's valid for anything that we do, like literally anything. And that's pulling back to what you're saying for core values of like, who am I? What am I trying Mm -hmm. to do? What the hell am I supposed to be? That's self-awareness. And we talk about both of those things on this podcast all the time because (laughs) self-awareness is like the same thing as going into a relationship is the Mm -hmm. same thing as going into a business. It's the same thing Mm -hmm. as going to a band. It's the same thing. It's like, if I don't know who I am, then I have no idea who I'm going to be good with, who I should be working with and what I'm supposed to be doing. I have to know who I am before I can do that stuff. And that's like, we all have problems to work through. We all have Mm -hmm. stuff that comes up in life. So I'm not saying like, if you're not feeling great to not pursue these things, I'm just saying that like self-awareness, core values, like what, who am I and what am I supposed to be doing helps identify where I can proceed as a brand because it just starts formatting the different Mm -hmm. doors that I can open up. And then what am I trying to deliver with this thing? And, and, and how should people feel? I feel like that's like the most important end product is like, mm. how are people going to feel about me from the experience of when they work for me and everything? But just going back to what you said about mission statement, if you're out there and you think that you shouldn't do that, or you're like, that doesn't apply to me, it applies to you. You should do mm. it as a fun exercise or as a boring exercise, if that's how you feel about it. But trust me, like writing a business plan for anything that you're trying to do out there, I really recommend it. It's just like a good exercise to just kind of push your mind through like coming up with realizations of like, oh yeah, this is the thing that I meant to do. And I'm like, I'm not doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Just as like <laughs> a side quest from it, you know? Yeah. And especially for musicians and artists, creatives, makers, like if you're a crass person, knowing like kind of what you stand for, will yes, it'll push some customers away because they won't connect with that aspect of you, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. The, the people who really do connect with you and connect with those aspects of who you are and what your business is ultimately representing, they're going to, they can be like your evangelists and go and tell everybody else and bring in more business than that one person who you may have not connected with. Right. Um, so it's, and every, and as much as we hear the personal branding and branding and mission statement and all those buzzwords and catchy phrases. Yeah everyone has their own brand right now. Like it's, it's just a thing that's happening, like especially with social media. And I feel like it kind of started with all like the online live journal and those forums and stuff like that. It's like, it's an extension of who you are as a person, but you also have the ability to kind of tweak it and mold it. And unfortunately some people can go too far one way or the other um, or multiple different ways even. But you have you have that ability at, for your business to kind of be what you want people to feel and what you want people to get out of it. Like you can you can mold that to an extent, and yeah, it comes yeah it, that's part of the client's experience. Like that's yeah, <laughs> I don't know where else I'm going. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I think about and like when I think about website, I think about even like what I've been doing with real estate and things like that. It's like I'm thinking mm-hmm. about someone walking to a room. I'm so visual that like I straight up have to think of examples like this, but it's like (laughs) when people are hitting your website or your social media, Mm. think about it as like when you enter like a hotel room or an Airbnb or something like that. And it's like all the things that are in place of like how you enter that all 
matter. Like, like say I'm going up to an Airbnb and the lights are out in the front. I'm going to be like, whoa, this place is a little bit sketchy. Even if it's beautiful, it's amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? The lights are out in front. I'm like, oh, why is this a little sketchy, huh? It's like, it could be beautiful and amazing, but you had the lights out. It's like a care thing. And it's just like every little indicator that you have there, every color that you choose, every font that you choose, Mm -hmm. every image that you choose, all those things. It's like, how am I entering this room? And like, what does this mean? It's like all of those choices means something even the lack of choice means something to someone yeah yep it, and it's a connection nowadays like people have attention span that's like what three seconds or something like that mine's <laughs> one mine's one Whatever, the normal one that's already deteriorated mine's half of that so it's <laughs> you're 1.5 you're good you're good <laughs> goldfish level like I'm pretty you need sure. to capture yeah but you need to capture people and but capturing the right people for your business and like you said, walking into that room, knowing your process of how you want to work with clients and mm. how you want them to feel their ultimate feeling of how you want them to feel after they're done working with your product or your service yeah. that will influence your entire client experience and the client experience and client journey and process with you, however you want to describe it is part of your brand. Like that's how people get those feelings about you and how they interact with you and how you want them to feel. And that's where you can mold and be like, oh, you want, you want them to feel, oh, I felt so empowered or I felt, re- I felt like a superhero going back to the bold brand that we were kind of example we were using before. Yeah, you can yeah. actually use that as you're in your messaging and when you work with people and making sure it's authentic to who you are and your brand. But that starts, like you said, on your website. Like if, it's, if, the, if the buttons don't work or if you're routed to the wrong page, like that client experience, uh, done, yeah. doesn't match, not what I was expecting. So polishing those things up and and know you said we were going to get into systems. And I think this is a great, great yeah, segue. Yeah, totally. I love yeah. my systems. <laughs> Your systems are ridiculous. Yeah. So Will, it's, it's more obviously than just the CRM because Will as a person obviously thinks very systematically, but like his onboarding process was probably one of the best that I've ever had is coming into him as a client. And there's just so many things that dial in like to kind of like, it felt like, I felt like I was a cattle out there and I'm just getting herded and I'm just like, Oh my God, where am I going? I felt like there's like that shepherd dog literally bringing me in to will right into the studio in a good way. Not in like the way that they're absolutely nipping at your heels and stuff like that. But I I felt like a a, a happy cow. Like I'm on one of those free range, great farms, you know, but I'm just like, Whoa, okay. Where's the next field? Okay. Oh my God. All right. And then you just there. It's like, that's that's the I love that mental picture. I love it. <laughs> so, like, you want to talk? Like, your your systems are awesome, man. I'm sure it took you a long time to kind of work <laughs> this out, and I'm sure that it also is an ongoing, but yes, change. You know, <laughs> can you explain a little bit about how you approach that? That's something that I I need to do after all this renovation stuff, and I'm like up and running with a physical brick and mortar, so like my volumes up before mm-hmm. I'm like hit the ground running with that volume. I'm gonna be working on something like this what went into like starting to form that system and like kind of like how did you approach that because the systems are great man oh thank you it's been many years of tweaking and plugging and learning and growing (laughs) and figuring out what works for me and you're it's going to constantly change too like there might be something that changes here and there as you progress in business and life but it started Back when I started my business, I signed up for a CRM or client management system, client relationship management system, I whatever the acronym is for. How long um, ago? Oh, uh, that was ugh, six years ago. And 
I have been using the same one since. It's called 17 Hats. It does invoicing, contracts, workflows. They can do online payments, questionnaires, the survey that you took. The biggest thing for me, once I finally figured it out, and once I, I guess, and the, the biggest thing, I guess, was realizing how much I needed systems and how much I love the systems. I was fighting it for many years, like through every part of my life from practicing music to being at a retail job, like from doing those systems. Like I loved, and I, I think I started realizing that when I worked in retail and I was kind of like the operations lead, if you will, with yeah. packing and shipping. And I very systematic and systematized and I taught everybody how to do that. But then when it came to my own business, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like it just like once it's your own thing, it can be like totally it, it foreign. It, it is it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest thing with that CRM, it was the workflows. And what it can do is it can trigger certain steps at certain times and either notify me or automatically send an email, which was has been the biggest thing for me is automating emails that you write to every single client. Like yes. someone inquires on your website, you type pretty much the same thing for every single client. Why not automate that? Or yeah, figure yeah. out ways that they it's not doesn't need your input all the time. Um Yes, they, they're, but the client is getting that care and that touch point from you, even though you're not physically pushing the button or typing it. You did type the template of the email. So it is you and your voice, but then it's getting at, sent out at the right time when it's necessary and when it's relevant instead of like two, two weeks later after they inquired, well, they already found someone else. They're done. Yep. Automate, yep. You can automate those things so that it's like they inquire, they immediately get an email to schedule a phone call. Client schedules a phone call. They get another confirmation that the phone call has been scheduled. It goes on their calendar. I didn't touch anything. That's one of the biggest, one of the first places to start. If you're stuck on automation and you don't trust it, I didn't for a while, start with your on that initial inquiry because it's going to be the same response whether they have questions or not. You can just say, hey, let's talk over the phone. Like, here's a link, go schedule. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's where I started. And then I built out the rest of my process from there. And honestly, it took like a, a good couple months to kind of figure out what do I want my process to look like? And I literally, literally wrote down every single step in my process from client reaches out. I send an email that says basically this, they respond. Mm -hmm. I, I send this out. We meet for our consultation. We talk about these things. Like everything was written out. And then I, that in, and, I, and then I figured out looking at it, like, oh, well, I write this for every single client. Why don't I just make a template email out of that? So it's at least easier. So I can just, before I automated everything, I can just pull the template up, fill out a little couple things and then send it off. And another yeah, big yeah. thing about the, the 17 hats is they can use tokens and information from the client that they put into the fields that they fill out on the website. So that information can be templatized as well. Like, quote, first name sort of thing. So like, hey, Will, how you doing? It'll automatically send that and attach that to it. So those awesome. little little awesome. things was like the gateway drug for me with the automation. Like, ooh, what can I do? What can I automate? But it's a, that can also go way far to the other side where it's not you anymore. It's not your brand anymore. It's not your voice. It's not how you want clients. It's not how you really wouldn't want to interact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so making it your own and doing the, the initial tedious boring work of writing out email templates and writing out your contracts and all that stuff, making it yours, I think 
was huge for, for me and my client experience. Cause as you said, like it was very thought out. It's very thorough. I did all of those steps myself. Yes. I had help with learning and seeing webinars and how to do all that and learning from other people, but it's still my own. It's my own voice and they're getting it from me, whether I sending it or the CRM is sending it. Right. So I think that was a, is a key thing that people should, if they're looking to automate and looking to use a CRM and that sort of system is still make sure that you're writing the emails and writing everything. And it's coming from you initially when you're doing the templates and all that. So what I'm getting is initially before you even engage in finding a CRM or jumping into it at all, mm. just on paper or yeah. a Microsoft Word or whatever you want, writing out what happens when I do yes. when I work with the client. Just writing out literally every step of like what happens. Okay, someone hits me up on Instagram DM or they hit me up on mm-hmm. email or they hit me up on whatever. And then I respond to them and I say, let's take this off of social. What's your email? Well, you know, mm-hmm. when you email me and you walk through all of that and then you obviously pick a CRM. I know that you said you use 17 hats and you're really happy with it. Yeah, but there's, there's really a bunch of them there, out there, but you, know? you don't even have to use one. Just co- like you said, Microsoft Word, copy your templates, just copy paste and then change their name. If you don't want to use a CRM or can't justify it yet, start with that. At least have some sort of template and know your process first because knowing your process is like knowing who you are. Like, how do you work? How do you want to work with a client or how do you want your clients to work with you? You have that right. control. You shouldn't, shouldn't be letting your clients dictate, like emailing you or calling you at 11 PM on a Friday night. Like that. No, <laughs> you, you set setting those boundaries. And I think part of that experience is, is that setting up your systems to set those boundaries to some extent. Right. Right. So they know how to work with you. The, you, you know how to work with them. They know how to work with you and they're going to get the best experience once if they go through your process. Right. It's also like a shield for your time because those mm. initial inquiries where people, they have something that like gets them pumped up where they reach out to someone to work with them, mm-hmm. but they may not actually be ready yet to actually pay for it. You know what I mean? Especially yep. when they're quoted. And so like those initial automated emails are such an amazing buffer for you and their time of like, mm-hmm. you have to get through a little bit of buffer of inputting information and then you get emails and you get things. And it's like, that's so helpful that like by the time a call pops up for you for an intro call for a clarity call or whatever you'd call it, mm-hmm. they're probably ready to at least have this conversation like a real way where it's like many yep. times with me not having that system, I have to figure that out. And then they're like, cool, I'll work with you next year. Or I'll work with you three years or work with yep. you five years. And you're like, that's awesome. But also, why did you hit me up right now? You know what I mean? You, and it's like that time going back into your pocket of like, that's still being figured out. You're still saying it in your voice. And they're still like, honestly, at that point, they don't even have any idea that you're even using automation at all. You know, and it's just a professional yep. email back. They think, it, they think it's you. Yep. Exactly. You're using a way to get them served really well because they're getting answers immediately to exactly yep. what they're asking for. So quick, way faster than anyone that doesn't have automation at the right times of day. But also you're getting a shield to control the process of like, when are things happening when they should happen basically in that process. So everyone's getting what they want out of the deal. You're just using these modern pieces that we have that are available to not do business like the 1950s where someone had to call you up and they said, Hey, you need to do this thing and you call them back or you don't. And you know, it's just a different world. We have different new tools now that can help us. And and it gets you out of the email inbox. Like you could spend days in your email inbox just replying. If you're just constantly going back and forth all the time, 
having the automation for me, at least it's pulled me out of that. And I'm able to be more creative at a shoot or plan, actually have, make more time to plan for a shoot or meet with a client for a little bit longer or do marketing, which brings in business. Like it gives you more time to do other business essential things that keeps yeah. your business running. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick here, Will, because we yeah. are chomping through our time and I want to make sure that I hit oh, this before. Only been an hour. Wow. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're, we're hanging before, uh, before we bounce out of here and hit my last questions at the end, I wanted sure. to make sure we covered this because it was such an interesting piece that I found about you just randomly throughout the shoot for people out there that are listening and you're like, okay, Will is a portrait photographer. He's really great with brand and, and CRMs and all of these things. I also randomly found out through just being a chatty person that he is the co-founder of, is it called Scoutbox? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Scoutbox. <laughs> I remembered it, which is like a box service that delivers, he's going to describe it better than me, but delivers things specific to Boy Scouts because he's had a background in the Boy Scouts and knows that market and understands what they would like to have and see and be a part of. So he's a co-founder of that. And he explained it to me where he's got like an automated process for that, where people are working <laughs> in a different fulfillment center, not even yep. in the state doing things that are helping people in a completely different industry and like that. So do you want to just tell people about that really quick? And, and I guess how that even sure. started, because that's, that honestly could be a long episode, I'm sure itself of you figuring out. It could be a whole, yeah. it could be a whole that, other episode. <laughs> you know, but it was so intriguing where I was like, that's awesome. And I always tell people to have more forms of, income or more forms of business or things that they can do to spread mm -hmm. themselves out, you know, and it's just was such a cool, interesting, random to me, random, but knowing you <laughs> better and better, it makes perfect sense. It's part of your, what makes you yeah. up. So, so it started, my brother and I actually are the two co-founders and it, it's still just him and I, we started in 2017. And so it's a monthly subscription box where every month you get sent a box of, of things, uh, every, so, and every com box company, it's subscription box industry is pretty big right now. You can find anything from lingerie to whiskey to jewelry to skincare. Like there's something out there for everyone, really. Comic books even I've seen. So my brother and I kind of, we're just bouncing. We were, we both own our own businesses. I have my photography business. My brother is, he's a CEO of a consulting and emergency response business where he, they create crisis plans and things like that for universities and big organizations. And Interesting. he speaks a lot at conferences and things like that. So we initially started just thinking about, cause the subscription box industry was a up and coming then where it was just like, Oh, maybe let's do something. And it was kind of his idea to kind of start something. We originally wanted to do like a preparedness emergency response box. And with my logistics background and operations with the retail and shipping and all that stuff, I was like, yeah, right. that sounds, sounds great to me. Like totally forgot about that. that. Yeah. And it's still kind of sales. I have my retail experience as well in terms of customer service. So we, we're kind of formulating ideas for about a year. And then around the same time, him, myself and my mom and our mom both were like, why don't we just do a scout related box? We're like, duh. <laughs> so we, we, that's kind of how we pivoted. And it was like, took off for us initially like ideas and creativity and like, Oh, getting things in place. Like things just kind of fell into place after we had made that shift. Yeah. Yeah. And we started 2017, January, our first subscription box went out in April of that year and we had 250 subscribers to start. So Damn, like, man. Wow. wow. Right away. So right away, right away. So wow. we realized we couldn't do this out of my, out of the basement 
of the house my brother was living That's in. That's so much fulfillment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 250 a, subscriptions we, on just like starting out. That fulfillment is like a whole garage and it's like one person all the time. Right. So we found Damn. and keep in mind, my brother was living in Rochester, New York at the time. I was in Maine. So all this was remote anyways. So we found a fulfillment center that does fulfilling of subscription boxes called Monthly Boxer. And we've been working with them from the beginning and they were in another part of New York. So like everything was remote and had to figure out all those pieces. And it's still, we're still doing it. My brother has since moved to Denver, Colorado. So we're even more remote and he's still traveling and doing all this. So it's, it's a, it's been an interesting experience building two businesses at the same time. But so back to what Scoutbox is, it's a, monthly subscription for it with it's not just for boy scouts it could be for any scouting organization or it could be families who want to get outdoors more our ultimate goal is to help people engage more with the outdoors whether it's here's some gear that are going to help you on your next camping trip or here's outdoor games that you can play in your backyard or here's some first aid equipment to add to your first aid kit at home in case there's an emergency Sure. all that is kind of stemmed from our experience in scouting my brother and I are both eagle scouts and we kind of wanted to give back to that community in some way, but we found most of the subscribers are kids. The parents are buying it. Grandparents are buying it for their kids. But we also have quite a few people, quite a few adults who are subscribing and loving it. And yeah. we kind yeah. of tapped into that target market and knowing what your brand, going back to the branding thing, we kind of, once we figured that out and we started talking about the value and the money part side of things, so this costs this much, but you're getting this value and that sort of thing. We've got a lot of pushback. But once we shifted to doing what we wanted to do initially was providing education, outdoor education on how to use gear or a guidebook on how to day hike sort of thing. Once we kind of shifted to that sort of messaging, all the pushback went away and we saw another increase in subscribers and just connection, better connection with our customers. So, so initial pushback. Back to that branding. Sorry, just to... Just because I want to make sure that I was on the same page yeah. for you. Initial pushback was on when it was just items only. And then yeah, when we talked about pricing. And customer went up when you weren't talking, when you weren't just items and it was education. Is that what you're yep. saying? Because there's, there's more value in it. And, and sure. that's what okay. we want. We wanted to provide more value. We wanted people to get out. The ultimate goal, like I said, wanted people to engage more with the outdoors. Yeah. Well, if you're talking about the cost of an item, how does that help them get outdoors more? May not. And knowing our audience was mostly kids, being able to provide that in their language or to parents, talking to the parents about how to use a certain, like we put a knife in the box, we put a sticker on it, says sharp object in enclosed. So if the kid comes home before their parents do, they know that there's something in there or the parents will see it and be like, okay, let's hold off. Let's look at it. And we say, we've we've done this and talked about it. And once we shifted that in our messaging and in our live videos and stuff on Facebook, it resonated more with people than the cost of this. And people were like, oh, I can just find this on Amazon. It's like, well, yeah, you can. But once we added that extra value and talked about it, like that, yeah. there's that piece of the, helping people work with you and t- tweaking that messaging and tweaking that brand to what people, how people you want to feel. And it, once we provided that and then backed it up with our messaging and our branding, it resonated a lot more. Mm, that's really cool. And I feel like, that statement for any items, for any subscription box, it's like you could get anything on Amazon. You can buy any of those things. The value is that like, you don't have to think about something and someone is curating mm-hmm. a piece of li- a piece of your life that's important and making it so that 
it's a part of your life because we're all really busy and we're not going to remember yeah. We're not going to remember to buy things on Amazon or go research and do everything as a professional yeah. in the space every single month on it. So like the value comes from that. And then in terms of like the growth of your business in the future, it's like right now, more than ever through the COVID times, I think that the return towards uh, outdoors, the uh, want for sustainability and also uh, being able to generate and control things yourself from your own Mm -hmm. land or your own place and things like that and survival and things, all of that is on the incline, probably even more now. So I I see a a future of that mission continuing to be something that's important and valued. And I, I, it's really interesting and cool, you know? Yeah. It's, it's been a journey, especially I have to say that we could be do, do a whole nother topic on, which I'm sure you do and have talked about just the personal growth and personal development when you're a business owner and entrepreneur starting two businesses at the same time, basically was a little rough, but I'm still here to talk about it. (laughs) My man, I am like finishing this apartment build in terms of like an actual (laughs) renovation piece here. And I was just informed that I have to put a different property on the market in April and probably fly (laughs) down and do something for it. And I'm also doing audio. And so I like, yes, it's, it's, it's a lot of growth in, in having multiple things that are, that are businesses at the same time it forces you to be a different business owner because you don't have mm-hmm. the ability to I, I, somehow I've gotten away from not automating. Like you have <laughs> for this long, I have no idea how probably a lot sadder and angrier, you know, but like <laughs> it forces you to be a better business owner because you just mm-hmm. straight up don't have the time to give mm-hmm. other thing mm-hmm. without it being what it's supposed to be. So it has to be that thing. So yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can help with your automation, get it in place before you get busy. Unfortunately, you're going to get busy before you know it, before you realize yeah. it even. So you basically, having that stuff in place, yeah. You like don't know that you need it until mm-hmm. you have needed it like six months before you have it and you're yep. already there. And then you're like, well, now yep. I have to stop or I need to do it between it. And you mm-hmm. keep not wanting to. And you, you never will. have to do it. You have to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, man. <laughs> All right. So I've got six questions that I ask everyone at the end of an episode to cap it out. Cool. I'm going to hit you I'm with ready. And then we have to get out of here because I'm on double duty tonight. I'm actually podcasting again because I'm trying to batch stuff out because I'm trying to control shit and make my life better. So (laughs) responsible Dave coming through every once in a while. First question, man, is why do you wake up every day and do what you do versus any other thing that you could do out there? Oh, good question. Mm, Um, First one's a hard one. (laughs) So they get easier, I hope. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And the easiest. I mean, ultimately for me, it's, it's seeing someone speaking as a portrait photographer. That's cause that's my primary business. We'll, we'll keep that persona. <laughs> the photographer is seeing the, seeing someone realize who they are even and seeing themselves in portraits hmm. as others see them. We all have our own little criticisms of ourselves and, Oh, I hate my left ear or my left nostril flares weird. Like we all have these little things. Like my nose is not straight. Like it's, it's a thing. Like we all have our own criticisms of ourselves because we see each other, see ourselves all the time. And we always focus on the negative, but see, but my goal is what I get out of this the most is seeing people see themselves differently and in a good way and seeing themselves as who they are. 
And that comes from the energy. It comes from the connection it has nothing to do with facial. It's that they see themselves, but all of those insecurities are gone. And I've had numerous clients say that like, Oh my God, I, I don't think I've seen myself like that before. Or you, you drew something out of me that I, or though, as we're going through the images, like, Oh, who's that person? I don't know who that is. Or yes, I, I, I know who that is. I've, I've seen and felt that person and it's them. It's themselves. Like seeing those aspects of themselves maybe for the first time, even just yeah. seeing them connect and reconnect to themselves in a different way. That's powerful, man. That connection is something that they can't get without the right perspective. Sometimes it's true. It's true. Yeah. You then made me look really cool bald and that's pretty <laughs> rad. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're, yeah. Duh. Like what? <laughs> no, no, we had some cool shots, but it, it's, it does frame you in a different way where, you can't see yourself that way necessarily without that perspective. Mm -hmm. It's not the same way as looking in a mirror because it's a pointed brand or portrait vibe. It's just a different vibe from seeing yourself. So yeah. And there's the the body language, the expression, the energy. Uh, I feel like a lot of it, you could have a great expression, but if you're not feeling it or you're thinking somewhere else, that's going to translate into your expression unknowingly. And it can, it could be a, great expression, but there's something else about the image that just, it's like, nah, that doesn't seem like me. It doesn't seem right. All those things need to come together for it to be, a, have a very impactful portrait, at least, at least for me anyways. And it's just finding those little things and pulling those things out during a session and getting, getting to know a client and connecting. It's that connection. Hell yeah. So along the way, say you could have, you know, say it wasn't a mistake because you learned something from it. Cause a lot of people on the show are positive, awesome people and they don't feel like mistakes are a bad thing. <laughs> What's something that you would tell five years ago, you 10 years ago, you to not do this thing along the way or to like take this thing that you've done and, and maybe not do it or do it. You know, what would you tell five years ago, you 10 years ago, you not to do this thing. You're more in control than you think you are. <laughs> That's in terms of your self image of what you think of yourself. You're more in control of your business, your brand, your craft, your hobbies. Like there's more, you're can't let, you can't live for other people. You come first. You, I mean, if you're in a relationship, yes, but you also, you need to know you're knowing yourself and you're in, you're in more control of those aspects of things mm. and harness that, like do it, live, live fuller. Like you're, you're holding back if you're not really doing that. And yeah. that's, that's been a big thing. Like not holding back, like just live fully. Don't second guess. Don't question because someone might think ill, Ill will of you or what are people going to think of you? Yeah. Grown past that. I think <laughs> at least I'm on the work on that, working on that. At least it's getting better. <laughs> yeah. It's getting better with my age right now where like I'm continually being like, it's been enough time that people have like really settled into the different things that they're doing. And the people that have judged me are not doing things that they want to do. And I'm still out here doing it. And so I keep being like, you do you, man, I'm going to do me. And you know, like I'm going to, I'll keep being, I'll be out here on the playing field until I die. I'll be out here still playing the game, no matter what that game is, but like, I'm not going to chill and I'm going to do whatever it is that I'm, I'm supposed to do. And I'm, I'm not stopping until I'm gone. So Mm-hmm. F them, you know, they can do yeah. whatever they want. You're going to do whatever you want. You, you got to, you have the right to be there. So, and I also believe what you were saying earlier in ultra accountability, where like, I think everything's my fault. And the reason why I do that is so that that way I have the power to change anything. So even when 
something terrible, unexpected and something I'm like, I have no idea why this happened. And it's not something I feel like I directly Mm. did. I'm still like, this is somehow my fault or it's like my fault. Now I react right now because if I have accountability to whatever it is, then I have the ability to change it. If I feel like it's something happening to me, I have no ability to change it. And then it is what it is. And I, I don't have control, you know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. It may not even be like control. It's just the self-awareness piece that we've talked about and knowing that you have, you had some control of that situation. It did come back to you of why it may not have worked out. It could have, or come back to you like hindsight oh, this worked out because I did these things and you don't realize it until later. Like you, there are things like good things that happen to you. It may not just be coincidence or luck. Like there are you building, building up some things that, that kind of come to fruition, but it's those little things that led to that where it may feel like luck or it may feel like you failed either way. It's things, little things that you've done that you're, you're in more control of. And it could, and it could be 10 years ago that it happened that brought you to where you are today for that thing to happen. But you're in more control of that than you realize. Flip side, what's the best thing that you've done along the way? You're like, I should have done this forever ago. It's the best. Uh Oh, (laughs) I I think like really tapping into my hobbies and passions, whether that be music or photography, I'm still, I still play with a community band. So I'm a percussionist wouldn't call myself a drummer because I don't play drum set. Like, so I do do still play and still do those things. Same thing with photography. I'm not a photographer. I don't do weddings, but I'm still a photographer. Like there's those little skirted little norms that I've done, but staying true to that, like still doing those passions and those things. But for me, as I want to do them and not for other people, like, like I kind of like just what I said, but sticking with them and knowing that I get fulfillment out of those things and yeah. needing that in my life. So important, dude. You're, if you don't do that, then like when you're running a creative business, you lose sight of like why you even started yep. because you're not doing the creative passion mm-hmm. portion of it that got you into wanting to pursue that as your everything mm-hmm. that you do. And mm-hmm. like right now I'm 30 and I'm, I just, I'm writing brand new punk songs and it's like, nice. People would be like, dude, you're 30, whatever. I'm about to go back. <laughs> oh, oh, super. And I'm loving everything. Well, like, it, it never really went away, but it's like becoming now more mainstream fine. again, I think. I know. It makes me so happy. My, my little <laughs> black emo heart is lighting up. But it's like right now I'm doing two music videos that I'm like doing as hard as I've ever done, like the most legit music videos I've ever done in my life. And I'm doing them now, even though it's like, I don't know. It's like, you'd think that I'd change, but it's like, this is who I am. And these are the yep. things where it's like, this isn't going to, I'm spending money on it. I'm spending time on it. It's like, these are things that like, I, I probably just shouldn't do. Like I should be more focused on whatever I'm trying to do. But it's like, if I don't do these, then I am not still me when I'm showing up yes. to professions that aren't about me, basically. Like I need to be mm-hmm. who I am. And if you're faking it and you're not all the, you're not who you are, then in like, you can't be who you need to be all the time. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, man, you got to do things that creatively fulfill you. Yes. Even you're going to be fulfilled through projects that you're doing as a business, but like, there's still some things that you need to do things that like, just don't matter. They don't matter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter to anyone, but you, and like, yep. you're doing it because you're alive and you're present. And this is the thing that's happening right now. And a piece yep. of who you are, it's so important. So I'm glad that you brought mm-hmm. that up. <laughs> yes. Do what you love. Not what you feel like you have to do. 
what would be if someone was explain you know describing you as a superhero but like with mortal powers of will woller what is your superpower that people would say about you I, I love this question because it's not the usual what superpower would you have sort of thing and everybody picks invisibility or flying yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um, i'm not going there i'm going deep oh i love it though i love it maybe it's like reading minds like i think going back to what i mentioned about being intuitive and reading people body language expressions connecting and energy i think i think that might be it i don't know yeah. what you would call that but <laughs> yeah they'd be in an empath i think empath yeah you just vibe with people you just pick up on yeah. it like really quickly that's an amazing power to have it's so important and, and i'm, and I'm still everything. still working on that there's still times where i'm like i don't i get a weird feeling but i don't know what this means like yeah yeah. I don't get this guy. You know, you're so. like, I don't get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while, there's someone you ever have that every once in a while, like one person like you meet and you're like, I can't read what's happening. And I'm so yeah. used to being able to read really well that I'm like, I don't understand what this person's superpower is, but I don't fucking understand them. And like, you're <laughs> yeah. so thrown yeah. off. You're like, I, I can pick it up usually right away. This is this one person out of a thousand where just straight up, they have some armor on. And I just like, mm-hmm. don't understand them. I'll usually tell mm-hmm. them straight up, like, I don't understand you, man. Like, I need to understand. What do you love? What do you care about? Why are you here? Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't get why I don't get you. I want to be able yep. to get you, you know? Yep. And it's not that I think that I like know everyone down to a science, but I know what you're talking about in terms of when you're very used to interacting with people, you're very mm-hmm. quickly to adapt. And there's every once in a while that one person where you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's yep. going on. I think, I don't know if this person hates me, if they love me. I have no idea. No, I've I've had clients like that where I've had that same experience, like very stoic and very like wall in front of me. And I'm like, I, I don't know how this went. Uh, I really don't know. And then like, Oh my God, I love you. It was awesome. Here's a five-star review and here's six image. I'm buying all these things and referring you to friends. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's not what I picked up on. Great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then that shifts though, because you, I, you see more of them, like they let a little bit of themselves out when that happens. Like, when, so yeah. it's, it's, a, it's interesting when that wall comes down and maybe that's another superpower is realizing when that wall comes down. Yeah. yeah I see it, feel it pretty much in every single shoot. I feel it's more of a feeling really. It's like that wall comes down. It's like, Oh, there you are. Hi. Oh. Let's, let's photograph now. We're oh, ready. Oh, There's the real you. Yeah. 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 That's wild. Yeah. And then you're, then you, you, you have a curiosity and you're like, Oh, this person's mm. way more complicated. Now yep. I like need to figure things out again. It's so, it's such a fun yep. game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would be a resource that you'd recommend people on here? I know that you already mentioned building a story brand, which is a book that yep. I really recommend as well. So I'll include that in the show notes below, but what's a resource that you might recommend if there's anything past that, or it could just be that if you want to, but. Uh, yeah, I'll go with that. 17 hats. They have a bunch of education videos and stuff like that. I am an ambassador for them as well. So I don't know if you put an affiliate link or anything like that. Yeah. Send Um, me that link. I'll put it down below. So if people sign up for it, they hit you up. Yeah. Hit me up. I get happy to answer questions before you even sign up. Um, because it's a very overwhelming process to even research CRMs. So, um, and I can, I can help you out with that, but, but yeah, a CRM and building a story brand. Get you going on any business. <laughs> or I'll put those in the show notes down below for people who are listening as a podcast out there. So you can click right through. If you do 17 hats, you'll be helping out Will here. And if you want to check out that book, you'll be loving your life. So 
What would be, oh, this is the easiest one. This is straight up. Just where do people find you, my man? They want to keep up with Will Waller and what you're up to. Where do they keep up with those things? Yeah, easy one. So Waller Waller and Co. is my business. And I'm more active on my Waller and Co. Instagram than I am my personal Instagram, which is just Will Waller. W-O-H-L-E-R-A-N-D-C-O is the Instagram handle. Facebook as well. I'm on Twitter there. Not very active on Twitter, but... And have a YouTube channel as well. But yeah, go to my website, wollerandco.com. It has all those links. Or wollerandco.com slash links. And it has a bunch of other cool resources. It's also my profile link in Instagram. Yeah, cool. Instagram is the easiest place to go. We'll have everything. <laughs> did, you say the, did you say the tag, Will, for Insta? Uh, Wooler and Co. Yeah, it's just, just W-O-H-L-E-R-A-N-D-C-O. Word. Word. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Will, thank you so much for being on the pod, man. Yeah, this was fun. 